Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Man Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lenahan, and in today's episode, I have a very special guest, Chris Tracy. In this episode, Chris and I talk about all things anxiety. We talk about our experiences with anxiety, ways to cope with anxiety, and things that anxiety has taught us. Chris is a good friend of mine and the host of the Q Review Podcast. So I'm going to get right into it. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Chris. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm good, Aaron. How are you doing, man? Good. Very good. I'm glad to have you on. It's been a, been a while in the making. We've been talking about this for a little while now. Yeah, I like what you're doing with the podcast, so happy to come on anytime. Awesome, man. Awesome. So I've known Chris for quite some time now. We actually go way back to playing baseball, little little young fellows way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, we were at least at least 10 years old, probably. At least, yeah. I've always known you, and then uh, I started this podcast, and you reached out to me because you have your own podcast, and you offered advice and tips, which was very nice. And then we kind of just went from there. It's like, I'd love to have you on sometime, basically. And yeah, so maybe go into a bit of your own podcast and kind of what's going on with that. Sure, yeah. So my podcast is called The Q Review. Um, me and my co-host, Theo who I met at school in Halifax. Uh, We basically just give weekly rundowns of the QMJHL, uh, which is, for anyone that doesn't know, that's the league that the Mooseheads play in, uh, Cape Breton Eagles, Moncton Wildcats, basically a a filter league to the NHL. Guys get drafted out of there to play in the NHL. We're right now, we're on Apple Music, Spotify, um, apparently on Google Podcasts. I didn't put it on there, but apparently we're on there. (laughs) Um, yeah. YouTube, we just started YouTube recently and we partnered with a website called area 51 sports. Uh, they're trying to be like the powerhouse of junior hockey. And so I write stories for them in exchange. They put our podcast up on their website so you can always find it there or on your favorite platforms for streaming. Sweet, man. Nice. So what would you say kind of got you? into all of that i know you're like you're a huge sports fan obviously you'd need to be but what got you into the idea of like the podcasting i know you're huge into like just media now and like radio what kind of got you into all of that so i've actually been interested in that industry since i was probably in high school since probably early high school and i didn't even know programs for it existed to be honest um so I went through high school, did my degree at Acadia in community development, and then I was bored at work one day, so I started researching how to get into it, and I found this program at NSCC, Um, so I decided to make that switch. I was actually a couple months away from being a teacher, and looking back now, I'm glad I made that switch. Yeah. But um, the idea for the podcast actually came from Gareth McDonald, who's the Mooseheads play-by-play guy. I want to know how to get in the industry, how to get noticed. So him and I had coffee one day at Second Cup in Dartmouth Crossing, I believe it was. And he said one thing he's always wanted to do but never had the time for was a QMJHL podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay, easy enough. I could maybe do that. So <laughs> yeah, I did learn it's hard to take off, uh, hard to 
you probably know, hard to get your social media noticed and things like that. But mm-hmm. I'd say we're growing constantly, and with the, yeah. with the funds we have, we're I think we're doing okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely a market that needs to grow junior hockey. Um, yeah. Because, like, the Maritimes, they have the Mooseheads, and that's, like, the only team they have as far as, like, pro sports goes. They got the Thunderbirds now with lacrosse. But up in Quebec, like, they don't really have much publicity for the teams because they have, like, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, they have all the AHL and all the minor teams. But I think we're just trying to give exposure to that league, and I think we're doing okay so far, I think. Yeah, but, man. I think you're doing yeah. great. I think it's just sweet that you are doing that. Like you're taking your time to try and bring the exposure and, you know, you care about it. So it's cool to see. Yeah. Well, I've been watching Moosehead since I was, since I can remember. So if I can do anything to make that league more popular, then so be it. Awesome. Sweet, man. So I'd like to kind of get into a little bit about, I guess, the main topic of this podcast, what we were discussing was just how. I guess both of us have dealt with anxiety quite a bit. I know myself. I know you said yourself as well. Could you just like kind of go into that a little bit, I guess? Like how has anxiety affected your life? Well, I didn't really know I classified myself as having it until probably I started university. But there were definitely signs growing up that I had it. Like I've chewed my nails for as long as I can remember. <laughs> Um, definitely number one, (laughs) number one sign of anxiety, (laughs) but right before big tests, like exams, um, in high school, I stayed home one time because I was so anxious for an exam. I just didn't write it. Really? Yeah. So, but you know, I just figured that was just test stress or test anxiety, whatever you want to call it. But right. I definitely had signs growing up of it, but I didn't really, you know, try to. I wouldn't say fix it, but diagnose myself as having it or even getting diagnosed of having it. Um, mm-hmm. But there were definitely signs growing up. And yeah, I think it's just something I've never realized until recently. Yeah. Is there, would you say, a time where it kind of like stood out when you kind of like realized, oh shit, maybe, maybe <laughs> this is anxiety. Maybe this is like, is there a time when you, I guess, when you could put a label on it? Yeah, so I was working at a summer camp a couple years ago, and something just wasn't right. Like, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, constantly nervous, constantly overthinking stuff, you know, anxiety, um, symptoms. But um, it was that day I realized, like, something's not right. I need to talk to someone about it. So luckily I've had good support systems. Like my family's been great. My girlfriend's great. Just like being able to talk about that stuff. Um, And so I just said to my parents, I was like, something's not okay. Like I can't eat. I can't sleep. I'm always nervous and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And that made me realize you don't need to actually think about something to have anxiety. Sometimes it just shows up. Yeah. And so... My mom, who has it, hopefully she doesn't mind me saying that, but um, she, she's like, Chris, you probably have anxiety. And I'm like, no, there's, there's no way. No like, way. I, no. I, no. You know, denial. Like, that's part mm-hmm. of it. 
So I went and got checked at the doctor, and she's like, yeah, you have anxiety, I think. So that's probably when, a couple years ago, I probably got the label of an anxious person, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Yeah. At that point, did that change you, like how you viewed it going forward? Did that make it easier for you, or did it did it make you think of it more? I wouldn't say it made me think of it more but it definitely made me more aware of mm -hmm. like how I need to chill or cool down or yeah. any of those things. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, it definitely made it easier because once I had that, I don't want to call it a label, but once I had that, just found out I had it, it was a lot easier to talk about it with people because before I was saying like, I'm nervous and don't know why. So people mm -hmm. would just kind of, shove it away and be like oh it's probably nothing right but now i can say look i'm anxious i need help <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that's it, fair it i think it makes it easier would probably be the answer yeah i get you yeah i'm i can relate to the same thing of like growing up i always had anxiety but like as a child as a young guy in high school i guess would be like my worst anxiety I never knew that I had anxiety and same with you is like the denial, like, no, I don't have anxiety. Like, you know, everything's great until basically when I got into college and it was actually, I started smoking weed quite a bit. And it was like this one time I was smoking weed, which I don't do anymore, but I, I had a phase of that and I had this big panic attack, this big scare. And at that moment, like I, I thought I was dying and that, that weed actually like in hindsight, I think that weed was a good thing because it like it scared me so much that it kind of showed myself that I have anxiety, it kind of like magnified the anxiety. And, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So before then, I never, I never thought that I had anxiety, and then I realized that I did, and I find like now, like you said, with the awareness of knowing that you have anxiety, now it's like okay, now I can realize okay, this is just anxiety. This is normal. It's okay that I'm feeling this way. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's a lot easier to project to people if you actually know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot more people have anxiety than would like to admit as well. And some oh, people aren't, aren't okay with it. Like you were saying, but your mother might not appreciate you mentioning that you know, but it's like, I think everyone has a touch of anxiety. Some of it's just more magnified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think anxiety is like a, a binary thing of like you have it or you don't. It's like, to what degree do you have anxiety? Well, like I said, it was to the point where I couldn't eat or sleep and I had no idea why. Like, I think that's a little more extreme than, you know, saying test anxiety, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Like once the test is over, it's going away. Now, this is like days of couldn't eat anything. Yeah. So I'm not trying to put other people's stuff down, but there's definitely a line between needing help and saying you have anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, did you you said you went to a doctor? Did you go on any like medication of any form or did? Yeah. So uh, once I once I got checked out. I went on this uh, venlafaxine, it's called, basically just 
levels out your chemicals in your brain, helps you not overthink as much. Uh, it's the lowest dosage, so it's like just all I need. Like I wouldn't say it's crazy amount. That was another hard thing for me to get over. Um, there's such a stigma around medication, I think. You know, people design this stuff on purpose to help people. It's not like it's it's not like it's a weakness. You know what I mean? Like there's such a stigma around medication and things like that, but it's like designed to help you. Like you take Tylenol when you get a cold. Why wouldn't you take anxiety meds when you're anxious? Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's, I think that was one thing that was really hard for me to get over was the stigma around medication. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's probably the best thing I've ever done, to be honest, because it's helped a lot. And I would recommend it to anyone that can't control their anxiety. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to ask. Like I, I same thing following into like that, that stigma of like medication being like a, a bad thing. Um, there was a point when I was like a really low point in my own life, where my mom, she suggested like maybe you should go on medication, and me myself like there's I have nothing against the medication. I same an advocate if you, if you think it'll help you then do it. But myself, I was like just so stubborn that like, no, I'm going to try and figure it out on my own without the medication. I'm going to try these other things, say like meditation, breath work, these other things that I do now. Um, Maybe it was like a way longer, like a drawn out approach to trying to deal or cope with anxiety. Maybe the medication would have just helped a lot, you know, more just from the start. But my worry was that I was going to get on medication and then, then I'd be addicted to it or like I'd be I'd be relying on the medication to deal with anxiety which I was just worried about so I never I never got into taking medication for it yeah so it's quite the process when you're trying to get medication for it um Mm -hmm. for example they suggested all that breathing meditation putting cold packs on your face um there are some pretty silly remedies if you ask me but like, not, not the meditation stuff, but, like, one of them was, like, dunking your head in cold water. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I tried all the remedies, like meditation, breathing. I tried that for a couple of weeks. Wasn't working for me. So they put me on the lowest dosage of medication. And basically, my doctor calls me every, I want to say, three months. Which is, like, how long my dosage lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she always checks in and just says like, how are you doing? How's your overthinking? Um, if it's not good, then they'll put me up a dosage. I haven't had to yet, but they always check in. So the doctors Mm -hmm. have been great as well in my journey, I guess you can call it. Mm -hmm. So you still do take the same medication? Is that? Yep. Just like the lowest dosage of venlafaxine. Yeah. Yeah. Although you do have to take it like the same time every every day, or else it it's not good. Trust me, it's not a no, <laughs> not a good thing. No, but yeah, it's just been good for me, and I would suggest it to anyone if they need it. Yeah, well, I'm glad that's helped you, and I'm glad that there is something right for people to take. And a lot of people fear taking it, like you said, just that stigma around the medication. But it's like. You know, sometimes you just have a hurdle, like something you just need to get over. And that if you can take a pill every day that can help you with that, then why not? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's like if you have a cold, you take cold medicine. (laughs) 
why would <laughs> yeah. you take anxiety medicine if you have anxiety? Mm-hmm. So how say like in the early days when you had anxiety, but you didn't necessarily classify it as anxiety. You didn't really know what it was. Maybe it's just like a weird feeling in your body. Or like you said, you were at camp and you couldn't, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep compared to that time, say to like now, how or when does anxiety show up into your life now? And like, how do you cope with it differently now? Um, well, there's a lot of different times I would say, Mm -hmm. I would say it shows up if something big happens. Like for example, I moved when I moved into Wolfville to my own place, first time paying rent, first time money was like a, an issue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a time. Um, I wouldn't say I get anxious before baseball games, just because like, that's something fun I like to do. I would say anything, anytime my life changes significantly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like When I moved back to the Valley, like that's a lot of, that'd be a lot of stress for anyone. Um, I find if I'm not doing a lot, then I get anxious, overthinking, you know, there's nothing else to do. So brain might as well overthink, um, mm-hmm. pretty much, but <laughs> I've tried to stay busy a lot of the time, which definitely helps me. Like that's a remedy for myself. I love doing things, working, like if my brain's not occupied, then I'll start to get anxious or overthink stuff. Mm-hmm which is no good for me or anyone else in my life. So it's just best if I just stay busy. I think that's my, that's probably my remedy. Stay busy. Yeah. Staying busy is definitely, definitely a big one. Yeah, for sure. Um, You said about like the baseball game, um, not necessarily feeling anxious. It's kind of one thing I wanted to talk about was maybe before something like that a game or like if it's like a big game one thing that i've at least done in my life to help is to try and reframe the anxiety to a feeling of excitement because i feel like the feeling of anxiety and excitement kind of feel similar so like if i'm going to do something and i'm feeling anxious and i'm like in my head kind of you know overthinking and being like oh you shouldn't be feeling like this you shouldn't be thinking like this i can kind of stop and be like you know what, maybe you're just excited. Maybe yeah. it's just excitement and you're just, you know, looking at it from like the wrong angle. Yeah, I, I think I have tried that in my younger years. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't sleep the night before a big game or you can't sleep the night before a big test, you just kind of mm-hmm. reframe yourself and say, oh, maybe it's just the test. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the big game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably similar to what you're going on about. Yeah. Even like coming on doing this podcast this morning, like I not going to lie, I did feel like a little bit of anxiety. And then before I was just like, you know what, maybe I'm just excited. Like, yeah, why do exactly. I need to be anxious? We're just having a conversation. It's okay. I like that strategy because rather than having, you know, anxiety as a whole, you can just picture it as the one event take it one thing at a time, which makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier than having it take over your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is there anything that you think that anxiety has taught you? Maybe about yourself or about just kind of the way life is? Has anxiety taught you anything? Have good support systems. 
Uh, make sure you have good support systems around you. I've been very fortunate with the support systems that I've had. Like I mentioned before, my whole family, my girlfriend, very supportive. They all know about it. Select friends know about it. Um, well, I'm sure more will find out <laughs> when this comes out. But um, check in on yourself. I'd say that's something I've done a lot more. I think I've become more self-aware now that I know I have anxiety. I'm more self-aware to check in on other things. And I, yeah, I would say just checking in on yourself and being there for yourself, you know, and not everything's okay, I would also say. You don't have to convince yourself everything's okay. I like not that. everything's always okay, mm -hmm. I would say. Just allowing it to be, because I feel like a lot of the anxiety is, is fighting the thing, like having resistance against something like you you label it or you have it in your mind as something being bad. Yeah, you want like to convince you yourself everything's fine. Right. right, like you can't always do that. Sometimes you have mm -hmm. to accept, like, I'm not okay. Like, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't have even have known I had anxiety if I just put everything aside and convinced everything was fine. Right, like I think being self-aware that I knew something was wrong with me, I think that really showed me that it's it's okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would say that's it. Yeah. I like that you brought that up. I think that is, at least for me now, is the biggest thing is just accepting it, accepting that I have anxiety. And like, like I said, when I'm going to do something, being like, you know, this is what hard feels like, like this is supposed to be scary. This is like the human experience. It's okay that it is scary. It's okay that I'm anxious and just accepting that fact I find has been like the most liberating thing that I've been able to do to help me at least overcome anxiety and not even overcome, just cope with anxiety. Yeah. I think I, I think I was so focused on getting rid of it that I didn't realize that it doesn't go away. Like it's just there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think just try, like you said, trying to cope with it, trying to live with it, mm -hmm. you, you want to be able to live with it with a lesser extent. Like I can eat now. Update. I'm able to. I'm able to eat. I'm able to sleep. That's fine. Yeah. But it does still come. Like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm anxious right now because I have a work meeting with a new job. So <laughs> this is what it is. And mm -hmm. being able it to live with it's it. a big step. Yeah. And like going back to just accepting, like it's okay that it's okay that you have that work meeting. Like that's supposed to be. You know, and it's okay that you feel that way. You're, you're supposed to be nervous. If you aren't nervous, then yeah. maybe you're, <laughs> you should be more worried that you're not nervous. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like uh, we talked about it earlier, but I have this job for a brand ambassador for a sports gambling site. And for a sports fan like myself, like that's sick. Right. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's something I'm excited for. Right. Yeah. You're excited for it. And I feel like if, if you, change that into feeling or like telling yourself that you're anxious, then you're fighting it. And then you're thinking about being anxious. Then like you're thinking about thinking about being anxious. Then you go into the, like the rabbit hole of, Oh yeah. fuck. You don't want to go in the rabbit hole. That's for no. sure. The rabbit hole. Yeah. That's not, don't do that. <laughs> now I just figured out that I'm like excited. It's an opportunity. I've wanted for like, I signed up for it a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like pretty excited to get going with it. That's awesome. No, it sounds exciting.
and it's a new challenge for myself. Like it's a commission based job, which I've never had before. Mm-hmm. So it's a new challenge for myself to like be motivated to, you know, get people to use this service. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's pretty exciting. On top awesome, of man. all the other stuff I do, just something else to do. Something else. Something else. Be anxious about it. <laughs> well, pretty much. Like it's just like it's one of those jobs. It's yeah. like set your own hours. So on top of all my other jobs I do, it's just another sick, side yeah. hustle. Little side hustle, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, man, awesome. So the next question I guess I wanted to get into, which sounds like you've been talking about, is just what inspires you? Like, I know this job obviously is exciting. I know sports is exciting for you. What inspires you now, say, like for like your future ahead? So, like, my future goals? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I guess just just what inspires you to, I guess, just get up in the morning and keep doing, like you say, you're doing all these things. What yeah, inspires you to um, do all that? I think ever since I was a kid, I wanted to work for TSN, be one of those guys that people watch on TV, talk about sports for a living. Like, for me, that's sick. Like, be able to get mm-hmm. paid to talk about sports. Something I do for free right now. Um, mm-hmm. but I think what inspires me is just like, I've had that end goal since I was younger. And now that I finally found a way that I can do it, I'd say that's what inspires me. Like I actually am excited to go to school now, which is something that's never happened in my life. Um, cause I'm passionate about doing it and I'm excited to get that degree and just start living. Dude, I do play by play a lot too. And the fact that I love talking about sports makes it really easy to get up early and work on my notes. Like I make, I work for Dow hockey doing play by play and I wake up every day and make a PowerPoint of all the stats that I would possibly need throughout the game. And for me, that's not work. I think Mm -hmm. that's my parents always told me you want to do something that doesn't feel like work. You want something that you're is fun for you. And I think I finally found that, mm-hmm. which is that's awesome. Yeah, it's sweet. Like I am loving life right now. Actually, <laughs> like that's awesome, and it makes me so happy. Every single thing I do for work, not right now, but during the winter time, is sports, 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 and it's it's pretty fun. It's a good life yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's like the main thing. I think that a lot of people should strive for is just trying to find your own main thing like your own driver and then try and create a life around that like you said do something that doesn't feel like work like this podcast to me i just i love doing this stuff i love having these conversations kind of digging deep into these these deep topics i guess it's just what i love to do so the fact that you've found that and that you're working towards that that itself is inspiring that's cool it's funny though, because like when I was in going to go into teaching, like you would think, I don't know. I thought that was like not work for me, but working with kids is work. Like it can be, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I did my first game of play by play. I was like, Oh, I want this. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just a cool industry. I've met so many cool people on the way. I've met at least three TSN associates, which is kind of cool, especially because that's what I want to do. Um, but yeah, it's a good ride. And 
I always thought it was like, I didn't realize the moment that I would actually find something I was passionate about and run with it. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot, a lot cooler than people probably advertise it. Like it's, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like passion is one thing I like talking about too. It's just passion is that a lot of people sit around and wait to find something that they're passionate about. And it's like, don't do anything until you're passionate. But I feel like I believe that passion is like forged. Passion is created. Like you got to go get it. You got to go get it. And you, the more you do it, the more you become passionate about it. Like the more and more you, I'm sure you can relate. The more, the deeper you are getting into doing this, the more passionate you are. Like the more podcasts you've put out, the more passionate you are about making those podcasts. Yeah, like it's, you know, everything has like a surface. You know what I mean? Like you say you go to a job fair, for an example, you're you're just seeing the the skin, the outer layer of all these jobs. It's not until you actually physically go into the core. Podcasting, for example, I just, you know, I was like, okay, get a microphone, you record and you're all good. Um, but it wasn't until I actually deep dove. We bought some equipment for audio levels and stuff, which I learned in school, physically reaching out for contacts and stuff. I don't get paid for that. Like nothing I do gets me paid. We got one sponsorship, which we blew on clothing. But (laughs) besides that, um, you know, all the contact stuff, like I find that fun reaching out to teams. I've reached out to NHL prospects, which was kind of cool. You know, it's not until you actually get into the deep dive. Everything mm-hmm. has their outer skin, their outer layer, but it's not until you actually get her going and do your stuff, if that makes yeah. sense. No, it does make total sense. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go for it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like nothing, nothing comes to you. You mm-hmm. people think that stuff might show up at your door, but you gotta in the end you gotta go get it. Mm-hmm. Podcasting, yeah. for example, you won't get any you won't get any guests unless you reach out. That's just, uh, that's just something I've learned. <laughs> no one, yeah. no one's gonna, no one's gonna come find your podcast. At least at first, like down the road. Exactly. At when first, you're more well, yes. yeah, then people will want to come on, but that's, then you gotta, you gotta put in the work to get to that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Everything has a start. Every business, every podcast, every, anything had a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What advice would you give to a young person who is dealing with anxiety? Going back to the support systems. Yeah. uh, Just find people in your life that you can easily talk to, and that'll make the process a whole lot easier. It did for me anyways. Just be self-aware of yourself as well. Check in on yourself. I know that sounds silly to some people, but you always need to check in on yourself and just know when you're not okay. Because otherwise you, you know, you might never get okay, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You just need to be aware of yourself, have good support systems, and just don't be afraid to talk to people. There will always be someone that'll listen. And it's nice to have somebody in your life that can relate to you as well. Like somebody that has, say, similar experiences or just understands you too. Exactly. You feel like you're talking to a wall. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. No, you... Got to make sure that person understands you and mm-hmm. you feel safe talking to that person. 
that's a mm-hmm. big one. Yeah, and I think just keeps coming back to the awareness. Like I like to say that awareness itself is curative. Like you cannot change or help or fix anything if you're not aware of it, which for most of my life, I wasn't aware that I had anxiety or that there was anything wrong. I just thought it was it was just the way that I was. I thought that I was just broken. I was some, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like in high school, I could not speak up without turning beet red in my face and just my heart racing and just break down. Like in class, a high school, like a teacher would call on me and I'd be like, <laughs> like what just break down and then i was anytime the teacher would ask a question i'd be the kid that'd be like looking around looking at my feet like please don't look at me please don't look at me right. and then uh yeah and then i turned beet red and then i'd have people in the class call me cherry head or <laughs> tomato head or something <laughs> which, which never helped <laughs> yeah so help. that <laughs> yeah so i just thought that something was wrong with me i never understood why that happened to me and like it didn't happen to other people and then once i became more aware of okay it's just it's a common human feeling this is part part of life and i just gotta i gotta deal with that right i guess final question we'll wrap this up before you uh you got your work meeting i'm sure you want to get ready for last question at least the big question that i like to ask is what is the meaning of life <laughs> that, that one uh that one i did have to think a bit um actually i was driving to new minus and i think i thought about it the whole way there um i would say life the meaning of life is living the way that you want to not how other people tell you to live how you want to live right like like i said i found my passion of sports stuff um and no one told me otherwise right like i knew what i wanted to do and i think that's the meaning of life mm-hmm. right? just living how you want to live yeah life's too short life's too short to listen to other people mm-hmm. yeah that, that question's always deep and it's always like a yeah a tricky one to answer but you answered it perfectly man that's awesome no i for people that are listening outside of the valley, New Minus is about a 15-minute drive from my house, and I thought about it the whole way there, I'm pretty sure. Maybe even back. But <laughs> So I hope that was the answer you were hoping for. No, man, no, there's no perfect answer to that. And that's why I like the question so much is because, you know, there's 7 point whatever billion people in the world, and every single person is going to have a different answer to that. It's just 100%. all in perspective. That's why I love the question so much. 100%. Yeah, man. So, Chris, thanks for coming on, man. How would people find you if people wanted to connect or just find you on social media, find your podcast? Yeah. My Instagram is just Chris Tracy 1999 um, Podcast is QReview underscore pod. Um, that's our QMJHL podcast. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Like I said, apparently Google Podcasts. Uh, YouTube as well. We've started doing. Anyone wants to reach out, just say hi. Feel free. Listen to some quality hockey content. Feel free. But yeah, always happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Any final thoughts for any listeners? Yep, check in on yourself and do what you want to do.
anxiety is a part of your life as well, and trying to push it aside is not going to help. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you think you might have it, talk to somebody. It'll make life a whole lot easier. I agree. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to enter there. Yeah, all right. Happy to come on anytime. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Chris, and I hope that you gained some valuable insights into your own thoughts and feelings about anxiety. As always, get out there and be your own hero. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you.